Welcome to the Shed the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Whitens, online women's mental and emotional wellness coach, educator, and mental health advocate. My mission is to create and embrace a new norm of processing emotions and healing trauma. This will allow us to collectively shed the shame, guilt, and stigmas around mental health, emotional well-being, and self-care. It's long overdue for society to empower women to shamelessly focus on their own health and wellness so they can self-heal and in turn model that healing in their relationships and especially for their children. This podcast is a place for inspiration, education, and tools on how to confidently break the societal patterns that keep us stuck, unhappy, and unfulfilled in life. It's time to start creating the healthy and happy life you've always dreamed of. Together, we can do this one episode at a time. So without further ado, let's dive right in and shed the shame. Welcome to this episode of Shed the Shame, everybody. It's Jen, and I have an amazing guest with me today. Her name is Ange Currow from Red Vibes Tarot. She is going to be an amazing example of how to quit the shit you don't want to do and dive into what's meant for you. That's why I'm having her on and she's going to inspire you to do whatever the hell you want to do because she made a complete 180 and she's going to tell us all about it. So welcome, Ange. Lovely to have you. Thanks, John. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So we met actually a few years ago just to give everybody a little background, we met at a, where, where was it? A shamanic women's moon ceremony. Yeah. 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 Hi- and, hippie, yeah. hippie dippy stuff that <laughs> I like to dip my toes into. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, that was, that was awesome. It was, it was us two and a bunch of, what did we say? Like 20 years? They were all in the early twenties. Yeah. Every <laughs> one of them. <laughs> but we were the coolest fucking chicks there. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Because we had all this wisdom to bring to all these young kids. <laughs> it was so fun. It was, it, that was, yeah, it was crazy. I mm-hmm. And I didn't, I had not like messed with anything like that before. Having Me that. either. I had, I had just started exploring some of that stuff. And so I went to kind of see, well, what is this shit about? This sounds cool. Yeah. I like, maybe I should make some new hippie friends. And so. Yeah. So yeah, because sometimes they're hard to come by. Right? You, I think, it wasn't one of the girls that was in the circle. You were her teacher. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, that was my favorite part about it. I was like, oh, we're old, but this is okay. We're learning yep. from them too. Yep. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So in my uh, when I used to be a teacher, she was one of my middle school students. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I thought that was you. Yeah, she I loved have... you. I'm like, yeah, I knew, I knew that was you. <laughs> Well, I think it's so off-putting too, because neither one of us look our age. So they, everyone was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, That's yeah. true. That's true. I will give you, I will give you that for sure. But yeah, so just a little background on, uh, on Ange. So she was in corporate. She started following, I'm going to say she started following her soul. Like she, I think you also had kind of a lot of stuff go on to kind of trigger you into like, what am I doing and why? Like, why am I doing this? And so, yeah, I want to talk about that journey for you today because I want other women to hear that you can explore things 
that interest you. You can start looking into things that bring you joy. And then you can kind of, it's okay to go down rabbit holes that feed your soul. And I should write that down. Yeah, that's a good one. Put that on a a hoodie, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Maybe I'll do that. Do it. I think, I know for me, so I worked um, in corporate finance for 22 years and I worked my way up. You know, I would say I started out my life trying to do things that fed my soul. My whole childhood, I wanted to be a lawyer because I love talking and debating with people. And then when I went to college, the first time freshman year where I had like the check-in with your guidance counselor and I was like, I just really love my art classes. I wish I could do that all day. They were like, you can switch to art major. And I was like, to do we have to call my parents? And they're like, no, you're 18. Like, you, you know, like, it was at University of Minnesota Twin Cities. They're like, we don't have to. And I was like, we probably should, but okay, let's switch it. So I did. And then I was an art major. And my parents were terribly unhappy. And sophomore oh, year, my parents. Da- I know. And it was, I wasn't doing well either. I was in a sorority. I was in the Greek system. I had a frat boy boyfriend. I really liked that whole aspect of mm. my Big Ten school, but I was not into it. So my dad said, you got to take a break and come home and work in an office for one semester because I feel like this is what you're built to do. And I was like, okay. So I did. And then oh I never Oh my God, went- really? Because I listened to my dad and then I never went back. He was like, you have a good head for business. And I'm so Libra and I'm so open. So I'm like, okay, that you have, you probably have my best interest in heart. Let's just do that. So, which he did. I mean, I can relate with, you know, my dad the same way. Like when I quit teaching, holy shit, like Mm -hmm. I think I got the silent treatment. I got, I got a look because I had that planned to leave teaching for a couple months. And then I officially resigned. And then I didn't tell my parents for, mind you, I was like 36 years. Right. Yeah. You weren't with a family. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't tell them for like a week or two and we were up there for something. And I, my dad wasn't in the house, I think. And I told my mom and she was like, you did what now? She's like, oh, your dad, your dad. Okay. And then my dad walked in the house and I think my mom, like, I think, I don't remember. I, I probably blacked this out because, you know, I was so terrified of my dad freaking out. But the worst thing my dad can do is give you the silent treatment. Like that yeah. is, oh, when he doesn't say anything, then you know, you're totally fucked. So, <laughs> so yeah. So then my mom's like, oh, you know, Jennifer has some has something to, to tell you oh, or something like that. I'm like, you threw me under the fucking bus. Yeah, she did. Damn it. And then yeah, I don't know. I don't remember much after that. I just remember he was like not engaging. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, I'll get to that. When oh. I had to tell my dad that I quit to read tarot on TikTok, that was a whole nother that was a whole nother Oprah. Yeah. yeah so um, tell everybody what you do now because it is literally it's weird. It's a completely like you're in a different dimension. Like you're yeah. not even on the same planet. No, in the so same I, solar system in the same universe. Like this no. is yeah. It's I mean it's crazy. So I so I ended up working my way up in corporate finance while going to school for accounting, and I had these big goals. Like I really I had never thought I was going to have kids because the, my doctors always said like you're gonna ha- you would have to like do like an 
I don't know. I would have to do something medically to like yeah. assist because I didn't get really? periods. TMI. Okay. Yeah. So I just kind of was like, that's okay. I probably am not built for that anyway. Career, career, career. So yeah. I had big goals. I wanted to be a manager. I mean, really not that big goals, but to me about big manager yeah. by 30 director level by 40. I was working up in accounts receivables and payables specifically more like credit and collections and corporate and distribution and manufacturing. So I did. So I worked for a lot of big companies and I hit manager by 30. Now was, was that down in Milwaukee? Yeah, I was. Okay. I grew up in Milwaukee. This was in Milwaukee. So I was 32 okay. when I was a manager of corporate credit and collections and, and accounts receivables. And then right before I, right before I turned 40, I'd been working my ass off. And so I was working like 70 hours a week. I, oh my God. Yeah. I worked for a company called Perlick in Milwaukee that makes beer lines and back beer, like under bar configurations and stainless steel. They're a hundred year old company. I reported right to the CFO. I was working 70 hours a week. Um, oh. My son, when he was a baby, so he, that ended up just happening when I was 33. And he would be at the first one at daycare at 6 a.m. And then he'd be the last one gone at 5.30, you know? And I worked maternity leave. I worked 15 hours a week all through my maternity leave after having a C-section too, like on top of whatever I was trying to do. So I didn't really even take off. I think I went back a week early at seven weeks too. I had a really hard time being present with my son too. And I always said, thank God, like I thought it was best for him if I was gone if I was gone somewhere and he was in daycare. Aww, and honestly, no. at the time it probably was true because I wasn't built. I was so now I know I was so in this masculine driving energy and yeah. reading all those books like Lean In and all this stuff, I was trying to do all that. And I was so unwell and exhausted all the time. The and thing failing. is, I was I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. Like when, because I, okay. So I think I was talking to like one of my mentors about like my business and who I serve and all of that stuff. And one of the things I realized was because I was like, for a long time, I've had this mentality, like I want to serve women before they get to the point where I was at, where I, yeah. so I want to, I want to find those women who are in the middle of exactly what you just described, but don't even know it. Yeah. But the thing is, I won't be able to reach them because they don't yeah. know they're there. Exactly. And so, and, and then also like really who I serve best and the women who, you know, are attracted to what I do are, are those who know they want more, who know there's something different for them, who have that like yeah. itch they can't scratch because they don't fucking know where it is or how to scratch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I do. They, and they know, like they've done a little bit of inner work, but there's like this next level they know they need to get to. And so yeah. I, at first I was very conflicted about that because I was like, no, I want to reach the women who like, I don't want them to get to that point. I want them to be proactive about all of this stuff. And, and, you know, I realized that because I look back at how I was and where I was at when I was in that stage of life. And I, like, I had no idea I was miserable because yeah. I was doing what I was supposed to do was following all the rules. I thought I was happy. Yeah. Like I knew I wasn't happy. Like I wasn't satisfied, but yeah. I wasn't like, I thought, cause you're, you're told like, Oh, just keep plugging away yes. and, and it'll like, it'll all click. And so I was like, okay, I'm like doing the thing. I'm 
plugging away and like, this is what it's supposed to be. I didn't know there was anything better yeah. or different until I got to the point where I was like, okay, I like know my students better than I know my own kids. Yeah. I don't get to see my kid. Like I remember when I was teaching and, and when I first had my son and I would literally wake up in the middle of the night and nurse him, wake up early, nurse him, get ready for school, go to school. If he didn't nurse, I'd have to pump when I got to school. Yeah. And then I'd have to pump at lunch. And then, and then when I went back to school, it was basketball season right away. I was coaching boys basketball. So then I would have basketball practice. Yeah. And I'd go to basketball practice or a game and then I'd go home. I'd feed my son and see him for like an hour and put him to bed. They go to bed. I know. I remember that too. When he was a baby, Rad went to yep. bed at like six or 7 PM every night. Yep. And I would literally get an hour and then I would just cry. Cause I was like, I just missed everything. So I could go do nothing for a company that would list my job tomorrow before, you know, if I yes. died before my obituary was posted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of us feel obligated to like fill that spot at a job where if you left, they wouldn't miss a fucking beat. Right. Well, I think a lot of, because we cling to these labels and identities, you know? And so for me, that was what I, that's what I had. I was the, I was the career woman. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think what you're saying too, is all of these milestones you have, especially as a young woman, like, you know, meeting a man that you love and that you're ready to live with or get married to, having children, getting to, you know, for me, manager at 30, director at 40, you think that's going to feel good. But then once you get it, you're like, that didn't, oh, oh, that actually didn't have the payoff. I Like, it's exciting, yeah. but it's not like, uh, there's still something missing within me that had nothing to do with these external things. Exactly. exactly. And so for me, I kept describing it when I hit director level too. So, and that's what ended up happening. I, I you know, got this director level and then I was like, I feel like the metaphor I remember using, I feel like I've been climbing this ladder my whole life. And then when I got to the top of it, I realized it was propped up against the wrong building. Yeah. I was like, where am I? Why am I here? This is nothing. Yeah. It was the wrong destination. That's exactly, that's perfect because that's kind of how I describe being in teaching Yeah. when I was a teacher. Yeah. Like I, I, I got my education degree. I taught, I don't know for how many years. And then got my master's degree, moved all the way over. I was, I was working to move up in teaching, which is moving over at that time. I don't think a lot of districts now have this, but on that pay scale, you know, we had the steps with the credits. So I did my master's and then I was doing, I think I have like plus whatever, 20 more freaking credits after my master's, because that's what you do as a teacher in order to get a raise. There's like literally no other way or back then that's how you did it. And so I worked my ass off to do that stuff. And, and then, you know, a bunch of political bullshit happened and I lost all of that. So I was like, okay, so now I literally can't even work to have a raise. I feel completely unappreciated. And I realized, you know, now looking back, like, yes, I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. That's always who I've yeah. been, I was just in the wrong building. Yes. I was just in the wrong environment. Like I can teach to anybody all fucking day long, but public education wasn't where I was meant to be. It was a stepping stone to get me here. Yeah, exactly. It taught me how to teach and how, you know, all of that stuff. Like I can whip up, I can, I can teach a program. I can talk to people. I can have an audience like that. That stuff is easy to me. 
Yeah. And so it was just the burnout of doing it for someone else under all of their rules. Yes, exactly. Because I'm, you know, I'm also, and you get this, like, I'm also a creative at heart. So like, you know, you can't really be too creative in finance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, and it it was for me, like I was in credit and collection. So it was a lot of partnering with customers to help them get their stuff paid and get the right amount of credit so they could continue Mm. to buy more from us. But then, so it was a lot of reading people, which I'm doing now. So it was kind of, and I I like being a leader because I like helping to lead and direct people and help coach them on their careers. But you know, you can do that in different venues too. So yeah. So I think this is a really good example for like, okay, if, if you're listening to this and you are in, you know, an arena where you feel like you're really good at what you do, but there are parts of it that you just like, you can feel it, you know, it just isn't right. Because there were years for me where, you know, one of our good friends watched our kids when they were small and I would you know, when Nadia was a baby, because Brennan was in school by then, but I would go pick up Nadia after I was done with work. And I would just be like, I just don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I didn't, I actually felt guilty that I was in that classroom because I, even though I was good at what I did and I, you know, was, was good with the kids and, you know, all of that shit. I just felt guilty because I knew there was like this fresh, energetic kid out of college who would just die to be in my place. Yeah. You know, so part of that, you know, I didn't even really want to be there. And I, I, you know, I showed up because I had to at the time, yeah. but then it got to the point where I was like, this isn't doing me any favors. This isn't doing my family any favors. And honestly, it's not doing the kids any favors either, because when you get to that point, you start cutting corners, you start not having passion about what it is you're doing. And at that point, that's when burnout is going to be super easy to set in because you're like, I don't give a shit. I I don't give a shit. I agree. It's I, like, I knew I needed to do something different years mm-hmm. before I did something different. Yep. But yep. I, for me, my pivotal moment was, so I was 40, I was living with my ex-husband and my stepson and my son and my mother-in-law. And we we're all just at each other's throats all the time. It was like the worst time oh. of my life. My And it was like, it was hard. My father-in-law died. So it was the right thing to do to take in my mother-in-law. Mm. And like, my, I love, I was raising my stepson, but so my little guy was, oh, I think he was like three or four and he had been having nightmares for years. And I didn't think anything of it. Cause I just thought, oh, kids have nightmares. And, but I always have listened to him and he was starting to get to the age where he was having trouble in school and he was kind of acting out because three or four is when you start to kind of see, you know, and I had him at this, I had him in Milwaukee Montessori school since mm. 18 months. I was paying $1,200 a month for college prep slash Montessori program for a three-year-old. Like I was insane. You know, he was yeah. only eating all organic food. I was fucking killing myself to do yep. everything. And then here he's having these problems. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to cut out food dyes and food colorings again. And let's limit YouTube again. And let's and and I was like talking to his dad about all the things we were going to do while, while we and I was like let's call off you know the therapist because we had both the boys I was over yeah. the top right and and my little guy looks at me and he goes it's not the food diet and it's not video games it's you and I went what and he goes it's you you're always yelling 
And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, we'll work. I'm going to work on this. Okay. So then, you know, there's this world wow. where I know. Cause what I, an insightful little guy. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. But listen, you created an environment where you felt safe to tell you that though, too. Yes. It's complicated, so, but yeah. Yeah, it is complicated, but. <laughs> he said that and I was like, okay. So then there was this world in between where I was like, you know, listening to a peaceful parenting podcast on the way home and then I'd walk <laughs> in and just lose my shit on everyone. Yeah. So it was like, what are you doing, Ange? Um, so I got to a point where it really blew up and it was, I literally, it was right before my 40th birthday. I was like, I have to go. I was fighting with his dad. I think at one point then my son said, no, it's not yelling at me. It's yelling, you and dad yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. I went, Okay, so I said to my husband, like, I'm moving out and I'm taking the puppy and the baby and oh, I'm not saying this is done, but like, I, we can't keep fighting like this in front of yeah. everyone. So I moved into a condo in Pewaukee and I, the next day went to work. Oh, I moved out on my 40th birthday. My dad bought uh, his trailer and one of my buddies and his girlfriend, like, we moved it all myself and moved into a condo in Pewaukee. And the next day I went online at work and found a therapist that was in my network. I just found the closest one to my work. Okay. So I ended up in her office and I'm talking really fast and I, you know, I was talking about everything that's happening and she goes, uh, so you chose me because I specialize in childhood trauma, right? And I went, no, I don't have any childhood trauma. I had a great <laughs> and she goes, okay. But it took her weeks to convince me to, to look at the reality that like, I had a lot of emotional trauma. I had chronic PTSD from childhood trauma. I had a lot of weird power dynamics. I had zero boundaries. I, and you know, so I was a perfect workhorse in my, in my job because of that too, because I was very happy to just take every compliment and be like, okay, I'll do more. I'll do more. I'll do more. And just come home and scream at everyone. So Mm -hmm. I, that awakened me to blowing up my whole life, you know? And then my ex-husband and I were still trying to work on things when I got this job offer up here in Green Bay to come work for Imperial Supplies as director of credit collections, risk management and fraud. And so I was like, well, and he, he loved mountain biking. He still does. That's his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he's a union laborer. So he's like, well, I'd, I'd rather mountain bike up there. So I'll go. So we got back together and moved up here so I could take the job. And then I thought that was going to do it. And it just, you know, and then COVID happened literally the week we moved up here. So I kept doing therapy on Zoom with the same EMDR specialist dealing with childhood trauma. I went no contact with my mom for a year and a half while I was working on it. And I just looked at all the shit. I blew up my life and looked at all of it. And I think I didn't even want to file for divorce. We're doing couples couples counseling for a while. But to your point about like just kind of knowing you have to do something, my therapist, when I was really stuck, made me read the book Callings by Greg Lavoie. And I don't know if you've ever read it, but I read that book cover to cover and I woke up the next morning and I figured out how to file for divorce because it's about knowing you're supposed to do something or you're supposed to leave something behind or you're supposed to move on and then being too afraid to do it, but like the payoff you get when you do it, right? Which is what you're talking about. Well, and one of the things that I try to get across to my clients in, in my messaging is you can always change your mind. Mm -hmm. You can always change your mind. Yes. Because I will tell you that is one of the key things that held me back for so long in my life. I thought when I had a, I, I thought that when I made a decision, it was final and I couldn't go back because I grew up in an environment, in a community where 
like ego runs the show for everyone and everything. And it's very, I don't know, there's just this culture rooted in sticking to your guns type of thing, you know, and, and, and quote, not quitting. And so I was very much, first of all, to make a decision for me at, you know, I, I still struggle with it now, but this is one of the, you know, big things I've worked on through my healing is, is decision-making because in my past, I never made decisions. I couldn't make decisions. Even when I selected my major of education, that was almost like a a default. I remember trying to figure out what I wanted to do in college. Like I went to college for two years before I selected a major and because I couldn't decide what to do because I was so worried about, well, what if it isn't the right thing? What if I pick wrong? And so I defaulted on becoming a teacher because I was good at school. I, I, and I knew I could teach things and I knew I was, you know, good at teaching things to people. And I like, I could see myself like coaching sports and stuff too, because I liked that. And so it really was the only thing that I knew and it was comfortable yeah. And so, and I knew that I would be supported if I took that route, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I really didn't even decide to be a teacher. I like defaulted to Same. be. Yeah. I didn't decide to work in corporate finance. It just happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it's, it it's, was accepted. It yeah. was accepted and approved. And so that whole process, you know, that I still work on I know that when I get confused, like this is a, this is one of my major patterns is, you know, and this has to do with my, you know, complicated PTSD trauma. And so when I have to make a decision, either when I have to decide something or when I'm coming up with something creative to do, like I want to do, like if I get inspired to do something, like there's this, this loop that I go through. And part of that loop is I'll get confused. And when I get confused, I look outside of myself and ask other people for what to do. Or I research until, well, I don't stop. I just research, research, research. And I get stuck in this, okay, you can't continue until like, you know, for sure what to do. And for me in the past, knowing for sure was somebody who knows better than you will tell you what to do. Because right. you don't, you don't know, you don't know enough. You don't know better. So I had always defaulted on asking everybody else, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? Or what should I do here? And, you know, and so that is like the biggest hiccup when it comes to like my business, I have to really pay attention to when I get confused because that's yeah. my signal. Confusion yeah. is my signal. Or when I start uh, look like going down rabbit holes of research or looking for something to aid in making a decision for myself. That is also my signal. And then I know I have to take yes. a step back and tune into me, 100%. what my intuition is telling me. And so that was a big process for me to trust myself again, because yeah. I had zero trust for myself because every time in my past, when I was younger, when I did something when I did trust myself and when I did things that I thought were fun or cool or whatever, or that like sparked my enthusiasm or interest, 
I got ridiculed for it or I got called stupid for it or it was an embarrassment or all that sort of stuff. So, and my dad didn't, that wasn't from my dad for anyone listening. He didn't call me those names or anything like that. That was somewhere else, but it, it was, you know, those things, we don't know how it truly affects our trajectory in life until we kind of get to that point where we're like, I'm not going to fucking do this anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, it gets easier once you learn that you can do that too. Like I, that filing for the divorce in itself was powerful because I learned that you can do the scary thing your soul is calling you to do Mm. and the payoff is worth it. You know? So after doing that, like, well, then I was in a world where I, my son was with his dad every other day. Cause we, we do a, he, he goes, he's nine still, but he goes back and forth every other day. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he stays with dad and he's with me yeah. the other night. So it's nice. Um, but I had half, half the time without him, which was weird. I'd had a empty house. I had, I was working from home. I lived in a new city. Everything was shut down because of COVID. I had no hobbies. I had nothing to do. So I was like, okay. So yeah, I found like yoga at the studio I met you at. And then they did moon ceremonies, which I wanted to do because I had gotten into that on my own. Like I was just kind of dipping my toe into the spiritual world. I had been atheist. So I grew up going to church, Lutheran ELCA, which is very progressive and open. So I didn't have like religious trauma or anything, but I, Good when for I, was, you. Like, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> I know most of my clients did too, and it's a hurdle. So I <laughs> I feel you. Oh my God. Yeah. Catholic guilt. It's a thing. But so I, when I was like 20, I just felt like I was too smart. And I remember sitting in church on, you know, it was just ego on Christmas Eve with my mom saying like, really like naked dead guy on the cross. Like, no, I like, I'm educated now. We're not going to do this. So I, I just didn't. But when my son was born, I had what now I know shamanism calls the souls of remembrance. And it's just remembering a spirit that like you I've known from past lives or stuff. And so I was, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And so I kind of was opening a little bit slowly and slowly. And I, you know, I got him baptized because my family wanted to. And then we got him in Sunday school. Yeah, we got him in Sunday school. And we're, I remember going to my pastor in Milwaukee at Lake Park Lutheran Church. Um, It's on the east side by UWM. And, you know, the pastor's there at the time, very smart. They went to Yale Divinity. They're really, it's really progressive and open. And I'm very lucky because I went in, I met with the pastor the first time and I said to him, I don't know I'm here. I don't believe in any of this. I know when I walk in, I feel my grandmother's presence. She had passed and I start crying. I know that I want my son to go to Sunday school here just to have a religious education from the choice, but I don't know. Uh, I don't think I believe in any of it. And he's so calmly, he sat there with a smile and he said, and I'm so glad to hear you say that most people don't realize that the most devoutly religious people question things and call bullshit just like you are. And I'm sorry no one told you that, but please show up every Sunday and stand up in the middle of church and say things like this sounds ridiculous because it provokes people to think. And that's what real um, religion is. And that's what God is. And well, I was that's like, that's amazing. And I was like, okay. So I kept going. And then I would say my faith kind of came back. So I was opening to a lot of this stuff. I had not heard of shamanism until we found Ray Celeste who ran that woman's circle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was drawn to it, you know, and she was doing past life, you know, shamanic healing sessions. Yeah. 
And I was like, well, I don't think I believe in past lives, but okay. And like some weird shit was also happening at home while I was alone, where I was understanding what I now know to be like my, my Claire's right. Claire audience, clairvoyance, clairsentience and Claire. And we all have them. It's not like, you know, but I was down this ego driven rabbit hole of like, oh my God, I'm an empath. And then we found all those women there that were saying that. And I was like, yes, I I was just trying to make sense of, I think myself. And so But it can, at first, if you are having that kind of awakening amongst people that it, it can be a very e- weird ego driven thing. So I think that's the path I took yeah. at first, you know, because I, because it felt helpful um, to make sense of myself at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was hanging out with some of those girls too, and they did tarot. So I bought some tarot cards and we were watching tarot on YouTube. And then I got sucked into TikTok tarot. So it was in my, my feed all the time. And the side note too, I had this core belief when I filed for divorce that, and it felt like a spiritual <laughs> message, right? A calling mm-hmm. that my, my ex-husband would find the perfect, perfect, perfect person for him, his soulmate, immediately when we split up and then I would find mine. I felt like we were just not meant to be married together. We were supposed to co-parent. And so he did. He met Kelly, who's we co-parent together wonderfully, Kelly and me and Jared. And she's like the top female mountain biker in the state. She it's just she's a joy. So that part came true. But then I met this guy who I still he is my best friend and we still have we still have a relationship. But you know, I I met him the same week and I got I went down a twin flame rabbit hole and I was convinced like I I just I don't know I went this whole direction with it so I got sucked into twin flame tarot on TikTok and I was gonna ask you about that because uh-huh. I don't know I don't know a whole lot about it so I'm well basically about it. most like twin <laughs> I will tell you, the spoiler alert is, I don't think twin flames are real. I think that there can be soul ties that there's people that we've done a lot of past lives with. So our energy just feels very similar and they feel like home Mm -hmm. and you'll have a big soul's remembrance like I did with my son, you know, and then there's other, I think that there's shamanism teaches you there's space for that, but twin flames believe people, there's the so-called experts that you and this other person you've met are you share one soul and you come to, come to earth to have this very complicated relationship to mirror back each other's shit until you both heal. And then you can become into this divine union, which raises the earth's vibration. And it gets really crazy. I think there's some storylines that have to do with aliens. Like it gets wild. Okay. So, and I'm mm-hmm. not making fun of it as I am because I drank the Kool-Aid and sold it for a while. But basically anyone clinging to that, as we know now is really, they're they're working on boundaries and ego and it's a wound yeah not wanting... owning your shit either yeah it's a, it it's sounds a... like an easy way to be like well that's not mine yes to be like they need to heal they need to heal i they you know they're the fucked yeah. up one and and it's like so but it was part of my journey and you know i think the man that i went through this with he would tell you that i'm his best friend and that he loves me his life's purpose he's known forever and it's it's his work and he works out of town for weeks at a time and he he doesn't have the emotional space for for relationships so we we could talk every day i could pick up the phone call him anytime i want Um, and when he's home and in town we can spend a couple days together but then his emotional bucket is full and he's got to go do other stuff so it's not a great choice for me when i like (laughs) you know so I was chasing after something that was unavailable because I Mm. myself was unavailable and I didn't know at the time but so so what happened is I saw 
I saw tarot readings on TikTok, and then I was pulling cards to try to figure out what he was doing every day because we were not talking at the time because I was acting Looney Tunes, but I didn't see it that way. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Little Angel who went to yoga every day, and my cards would be the same as the ones in my TikTok feed. And I was like, well, how is that happening? So one day I just posted my tarot reading on TikTok, and I was working at my desk here from home, and it blew up. Like I did it in the morning before work and i was like what in the hell so and then that night people were like how do we pay you for a private reading and i had enough extensive background with like setting up a business and setting up a website so like i had that done by the next yeah. morning yeah. and i was taking one-on-ones and i was busy so now because the guy that i was in love with didn't want to talk to me because i was insane <laughs> and the my ex-husband is gone with his new girlfriend and then my son is with him half the time and i'm yeah. working from home and i have no life and friends because everything's shut down and i'm in a new city right so right. so i just started seeing tarot clients all the time all night and all weekend when i wasn't working and and the, that that guy i was talking about we went into our first like they you whatever we broke up and weren't speaking for like a separation of no contact for for eight weeks right so then he pops up and i was like i at the time thought it validated like we are meant to be together because look at this happened <laughs> so it's real uh -huh. and uh -huh. he was like what the fuck is wrong with you you not only <laughs> this is exactly what i was trying to tell you instead of just calling me and talking to me about this you went and started a cult on the internet oh. <laughs> and you're now extorting people for money with made up and i was like that's not what happened so anyway we started not talking again for another eight weeks but i was like i didn't understand how it was happening my family was starting to question like my sanity and so i yeah. went to find training so i ended up i started with reiki attunements um with anakat at rock and body shop in depier mm -hmm. and she pointed me i was going to do reiki two minutes for myself she pointed me in the direction of shamanism and i had already kind of been working with ray so that because i was really obsessed with past lives and souls remembrances and so i went and found she pointed me to amy was who owns golden light healing in sabisky and oh, yeah. I, w I went through the shamanic medicine wheel there and i will say that forever changed my life so i always say that taught me like how i was making the sausage right <laughs> how i was doing I, so i will tell you that I haven't experienced Amy, but I know two people who've, who have done that as well yeah. like, that are in a completely different circle than the one that we met. Yeah. So like, I know, and one of them was a devout, like is a dude, like super masculine dude yeah. who was like not into any of this until he started having some experiences. And then he kind of started talking like he, like a path was like laid out for him and he yeah. just started investigating and, and talking to these people. And he was like, and then he had some specific experiences and he's like, okay. Yes. Alrighty then. Yeah. Like when you go through the medicine wheel, you realize it's all real. And I, I mean, just, this is just my two cents, but yeah. really what it teaches you is that God, mother earth, spirit, Buddha, whatever you call it, it's all just one thing or energy, yeah. good vibes. It's all the same thing. And it's yeah. all love. And it's a loving, generous universe. And we each have a vision for for a life of our dreams that we want. And this is why I love shamanism, because it's so loving. And you you talked about you knew your vision wasn't teaching. Mm -hmm. I knew mine wasn't corporate finance. I didn't think it would be, you know, reading tarot on TikTok, but here we are. But so it, it, shaman help you 
to cultivate that vision and nurture it and take a look at your story because a lot of times your story manifests everything in your reality and you really are empowered to change that and get rid of your story so it's daily work of just looking at that story and getting rid of it and what am i willing to die to so i can live and like through a process of doing that daily you know yeah you find what you what you want and i think most of our most of our life is negotiable shaman believe most of our life is negotiable and we can build whatever we want but sometimes it is fixed and when it's fixed you are met with enemies and conflict yeah so when you are going down a path you think you're supposed to be doing and you you're met with enemies and conflict now i go that's probably not for you Yep. I'm going to take, I'm going to take my foot off the gas and get really still and see where, which way I'm supposed to. Be yeah. Going. And I think that's where people get stuck. That's, I got stuck there because mm-hmm. we are taught that you have to push through, you have to overcome adversity. You have to, you know, blah, 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 all of that stuff. And so there's a part of us, I think in some aspects, if you know, and you feel in your bones, it's the right thing, mm-hmm. then push through because there's lessons there for you yeah. that you'll need. But if you're not enjoying the journey, if you feel icky about it, I use the term icky because I think it's so versatile. It's kind of like the word fuck. Right, it's, yeah. it's, it, it works for a lot of things because icky feels different for everybody. And so that way yeah. I can accommodate everyone's feeling there. Yeah. If something just doesn't feel right and all this shit keeps getting thrown in your path, and redirecting you, like if you have no choice, but to redirect and redirect and redirect, then you know, like the universe is steering you to where you should be going. Yeah. But what we have to do instead of pushing through at that point is pay attention. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that's the whole thing is when you pay attention and you make the tough call to get yourself back on the path you're kind of supposed to be going to or what, what's mm. for you, yeah. you realize when I said before about filing for divorce, you realize the payoff is worth it. So by the time I got to November of 2021, I guess it was when I knew I had to quit my job and just do this full time. Yep. I already knew that the feeling of knowing you have to do a thing and being terrified, but doing it anyway, Mm -hmm. before you chicken out. So because it paid off with my divorce, right? And it paid off with a couple other smaller things like letting go of friends, right? That no longer serve you or whatever. So I did it. And same as you, I didn't want to tell my dad. Mm -hmm. The only person I told is the guy the, the guy formerly known as my twin flame, as we say, <laughs> because he is just a straight shooter and he's, I, I trust him. Right. So, and he was like, I showed him the numbers and I showed him what I was doing. And even though he doesn't believe in any of this shit, he's a right. union blue collar, you know, superintendent yeah. is like, but he was like, I, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you got to do it. And I was like, okay. So he's the only one I told, I walked into work the following Monday I went straight into my boss's office before I could chicken out and I closed the door and I told him and I told him and he was like, well, can you stay longer? Because, you know, we really need you. And I said, I'm going to be really honest. I make so much money going live on TikTok in an hour and I can, I can be home to take my son to and from school. Like I just, 
it's not even worth it for me to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, because I only have to work a few hours a day. And I can now I take my son because the other part I left out too is my son, when we had to go back to the office, Imperial wanted director level and above in the office five days a week. So I was there, nobody was there. I was in my office with the door closed. It was only the executive leaders and directors. And we couldn't be more than six feet from each other. And it was like, you know, and then they were pushing vaccinations, which, you know, I have I have no dog in that fight, but I knew for me personally. I wasn't going to do it. And so that was one of my signs though, too, is I knew when they really pushed for that, it was going to be my time to go. So that was kind of all happening. My son was back in Ledgeview Kinder Care before and after school, and he hated it. And he was like, why do we have to go back to this? You know, so he was seven. He called it a wasteland, Jenny. He was like, I I don't think the Ledgeview Kinder Care is not a wasteland. This child is an old soul, isn't he? I know, but I was like, he was miserable there. And yeah. he was like, why can't I just be home with you? I don't understand. So, so oh. I quit, but I, I quit before I told anyone and I came home and That's I, yeah. probably the way to do it because otherwise they would have talked me out of it. Yeah. And my I was, dad, okay. I experienced this with potential clients all the time because they're like, yeah, I need you. I want to work with you. Like I want to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like no fail, you know, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, yeah, but you need to take a couple days to, you know, figure things out. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't, I respect that because I respect, you know, especially if you have a partner, like communication and money stuff, totally get that. I don't want to harp on anyone, but what happens is your conditioning comes up and the guilt comes up. Yes. And that voice in, in these women's heads say, I, you know, spending that money on myself for this isn't worth yeah. it. Yeah. That's not, that's not a priority. Like, yeah. and what the fuck is a priority? Right. Well, you're going to end up spending it on doctors and therapists anyway, or, or divorce yep. or whatever it is, or yep. you lose your job. Like, I don't mean to scare people, but exactly. you're going to spend the money one way or another. I, yeah. The full circle of this that's really fun is that my, um, this is my favorite example. So my ex-husband's girlfriend, um, Kelly, who I, and she won't mind me sharing the story, but who I parent with, she also had a really high powered corporate job. Um, Mm -hmm. and recently she was really stuck because she, what I didn't know until I, my ex had just said she was having a really hard time. So she had texted me about something and we're talking. I'm like, Hey, by the way, if you want me to do a shamanic healing on you, I hear you're really stuck. They're, they're helpful for that. That's what they're. And she was like, Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't want to ask you. I didn't know if it would be weird. I go, not at all. Like we co-parent together. If there's anyone's mental health I'm invested in, Kelly, (laughs) it is yours. Raising my child. So yeah, I'm like, no, I wouldn't charge you. So we did one. And she, when it was over, she was sitting here on the table behind me and she was crying and she was like, I, yeah, I need, I should have quit six months ago. I know I need to go. I'm going to take the summer. I'm not working financially. It wasn't a problem. It was just all these pressures like you're talking yeah. about. Right. Yeah. And she goes, and she, they have a side business coaching mountain biking and doing others. I mean, she's fine, oh, yeah. but <laughs> so she's crying and she, and she goes, I just feel like my dad's going to be mad. And I feel like, and she was like, and then, you know, Jared even says, well, you got to be working. And I said, okay, but you know, you need to do it. I go, let me tell you my example of the first time I made the hard decision. And I go, it was when I knew I needed to file for divorce. And she took a big breath and I go, yeah. I go, so you've heard the other side of this story long before you met me. And I'm the bitch in that story. I'm the woman who, who left her husband and he, you know, didn't understand it. He didn't want to, but I knew it was best for both of us. And I knew it was what we had to do. And so I did it. And I go and look at us a few years later here. It was the right decision. And she goes, yeah, it was. 
I'm like, we're all have everyone's better. It doesn't people can die mad at you, you know, but yeah. let them be mad. But you got to do the thing you got to do. You don't have to be a dick about it. You know, you can right. try to remove your ego from it and try to be kind and loving while you move through it. Um, but you can politely say, like, this is just what I have to do with my life. So she went and quit. And it's really funny. She quit and she was all nervous. But she had a nice couple weeks and she already found a new job. She started on Monday. So it's like That's things amazing. just work out when you do the right thing. Yes, and it's they first, do. Yeah. And she found it with a smaller company where they're going to be more loving and supporting. And she can yeah. use her talents correctly versus being nitpicked apart at the wrong opportunity for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's no way to live. That is absolutely no way to live. And if, you know, anyone listening to this, if that's the life you feel you're stuck in right now, just start exploring different options. Because let me tell you, so what I do now, like, this is what I do. Like, I like love, love it. This is what I do. It's really hard. It's really hard owning your own business and figuring all that shit out. Yeah. But I will tell you, like I did a couple of different things before I landed here. You talked about, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid before with the twin flame <laughs> stuff. Hey, I drank the Kool-Aid uh, for a network marketing company. Oh, I did too. I did but doTERRA for a while. That's, that's what got me out of teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a stepping stone for me because I did really well at it. So what that taught me was, well, you can own your own business. Yeah. You can do this. Like your grandfather emigrated from Germany and started his own business. Like this is in your bloodline to do this. And so I was like, "Hmm." but what I discovered then was within that, it was very similar to teaching. I was doing something that was like kind of for me and what I could do and, you know, along my path, but it was in someone else's, you know, office building. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't my, it was the wrong environment. There was, there were rules. And it wasn't my product and it, I, you know, I had to follow these rules and then, you know, it was stressful to, to try and build that up. And when I started it, I started fast and hot and I like worked my way up very quickly. And so I was like, well, dang, I'm going to like be at the top level here. This is amazing. And so I got to a point where I pretty much replaced my teaching salary and then it got really, really hard because yeah. like, I think that happens to a lot of women that jump into a company like that and try to do the network marketing thing. And it's for some people and it isn't. <clears throat> yeah, I know. And it's for some people for a season and it isn't. But the last straw for me with that was some of just some of the behaviors of some of the top people and what yeah. they would ask us to do and how they went about doing things. I was like, nope. I'm yeah. done. I'm not subscribing to this like girls club yeah. I, and I'm not treating people like that. And I don't, that's just not right. It's not ethical. And so that's when I finally was like, nope, I'm, I'm done yeah. with this. But I, at the I same time, like <laughs> yeah, at the same time, well, and there was something about that too, that felt that didn't feel right. It felt right. icky. Yeah. Like yeah. I knew there was something about it that felt right there was still something that I knew and it gnawed at me in the back of my head all the time. And then at the back of my heart all the time where it was like, this isn't you, this, this isn't you. Yes. It's funny because they tell you that, (laughs) Oh, you know, that's just, you have to like, get over that. You have to work through that, that the people who work through that are the people who are successful. Right. Yeah. 
Well, because it pro- they can profit from saying that. I know it's funny because when I was I was doing that while I was working and going to school full time because I could never just stop raising my hand, right? But yeah. and it started for me because one of my high school best friends was my upline, and she just knew I would be good, so she yep. you know. And, and I, for me, and full disclosure, I did I did DoTerra because I use oil, so I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to anyone about them, but. What ended up happening, my, my upline best friend is very, was very successful in it yeah. on top of being a nurse, but she ended up while I've been going through this journey now coming to me, going through her own kind of spiritual mm-hmm. awakening. Yeah, and know. now she quit her job and she became a Reiki master and she's going to school to be a death doula. And like, she's, she was like, you're right. You were right the whole time. It felt icky. Like there, I love it. Yeah. And I'll always do it, but I don't like the push, 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 push behind the scenes. Yeah. And it was, it was really weird because anytime so so my direct was amazing love her mm-hmm. to this day like one of the best people I've ever met in my life and she would encourage me because you know I wanted to do things differently I wanted to do I didn't I fucking hated the home parties I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that yeah. so I was trying to come up with different fun ways to do things and every time I did I was met with pushback no we have to follow this system no we have to follow this system you have to do it this way and, you know, and I like, they fought me and, you know, I would, I would be asked to like present and I would do it in a creative way. And they'd be like, what was that? Yeah, and yeah. I'd like get in trouble for it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought like, you told me this is my business and yeah. I can't like, but it really isn't because I, you know, I understand now it affects your bottom line. Yes. Oh so, yeah. So it was just that ickiness and that it, it kept me stuck in this spot where I couldn't do the thing that I wanted, like how I wanted to do it. And it's very much started to remind me, remind me of teaching. And I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't ready either. But at the same time I was transitioning because I was doing fitness and nutrition coaching at the same time. And so then I like dove into that, like I fully quit the company and then I did that fully. And that went well. And what I discovered when I was doing that is when I was on my client calls, it was always about the mental and emotional stuff. Yeah. Yes. And that's where I excelled. Yeah. And then I was also like, I hate putting together workout plans and nutrition plans. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But I can talk to you all fucking day long about your mindset. Yeah. I can talk to you all day long about your trauma and how that's affecting you right now and your habits and your patterns and your, you know, limiting beliefs. Like I can do that all day long and we can solve so many problems. Yes. That's what, I mean, the same kind of stuff happened for me because I think that's what I said to you on Insta and DMs the other day is I, this started with tw- toxic twin flame tarot, but now that's what I learned through shamanism is that's my past. So when I started the shamanic medicine wheel, I got there the first day and you're in a field and it was, you know, 19 other women that were all very spiritual woo woo and like flowing yeah. garb and like one of them howl- <laughs> howling like a wolf. And, you know, I'm there with my fake eyelashes and some booty shorts, like with my um, nails, you know, and I was just like, Oh my God, you know, and they were all rattling and walking around a circle. So it was a lot. And I wanted to leave. I was like, these are a bunch of fucking weirdos I don't want to do this but I felt like I was supposed to do it so what I know now is like my whole purpose is to 
bring shamanic teachings of like peace and love and centering and not being a victim and finding your calling and and cultivating that vision to these women who and some men that are in these like twin flame type situations so they find me because of this place they're in kind of more in the beginning of the journey thinking they're at the end buried in codependency and ego and you know because that's where I was and then I joke that you know they come for the tarot and stay for the healing so it Mm -hmm. really becomes the ones that are there that are meant to be there are there because they're about to learn that it's about themselves and then I have a lot of teachings and practices on zoom and and one-on-one sessions that can help them to find their own inner voice just like you're saying so like yeah. and that's what I love about these journeys because there's so many different modalities you can find yeah you, know, you can find a coach like the coaching you're doing you can find and, and that's I'm like you yeah. don't have to find shamanism just find something to find your own inner voice and stop bitching about and I, you know all the time yes I, I and I try to communicate this same exact thing Thing to people who, you know, potentially come to talk to me or ask me, like I always say, like, and even in some of my posts, like, this is important work for you to do for you. And if you are interested in what that might look like for you, like reach out to me, I yeah. might not be the person for you. Yeah. Like I'll be able to tell right away because, you know, I read yeah. energy and like, yeah. like, you know, yeah, we like, all do. Yeah. yeah. But I can, I can help you find somebody who might be right for you. Like, you know, that's, that's my purpose in working with someone is, you know, not to like force healing on them, but find the healing that's going to work for them. And that's the most, you know, that's the right path, like anything, you know, I, because I am not right for everybody. Yeah. And And that's okay. I know that like, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't right for me. I can still learn lessons from them and take away some things from them, but you know, you have to have to take the time to try and figure out, but you also have to start dipping your toe into things and figuring out what's right for you. And that kind of, you know, goes back to how like our evolution in, in what we do now compared to what we did in our past. And so, you know, that's why I told the story, like, okay, I was in teaching. I did that whole thing for almost 15 years, master's mm-hmm. plus, like, you know, master educator here, coach, all of the things. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I know this isn't right. So then I tried something else. Yeah. And then I was like, no, this isn't quite right either. So then I tried something else. And let me tell you, like when I quit my network marketing company, that was hard too. Because yeah. I was still, I wasn't healed yet from that, like ego driven, you can't quit something you started. Yeah. And I was so worried about, you know, the, the customer base that I had, I had created and like what they would think. And now I'm not doing it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fuck it. You don't have time. Like people don't care as much as you think they do. No, I think I've done so many things too. Like in my twenties on top of my day job, I, had a business in Milwaukee doing high-end custom wedding invitations that were mm-hmm. handmade. And so I did those. And then even I lost a job for about seven months during the recession in like 2009. And I did that. So, I mean, I I think for a while in my twenties, I had a business making like homemade organic dog treats. I don't know what I was doing, but like, so I've done so many things that once yeah. you know that, you know that you have skills, you'll always be okay. And I think yeah. that you, 
you get to a point, everyone's like, you could go back to finance. And I'm like, but I will never, because now yeah. I know there's so many things. Same with teaching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and that's a great, but like, there's so many different ways you could make even a, a, a rather large salary just by following your heart and trusting yes. that that's going to flow. And the, the thing is too, I knew my son was only, he's in, you know, he's in fourth grade right now. I knew he's only going to be little for so long. And if I didn't really take the time to actually be present as his mother, I had done enough healing to do it. So I would argue I didn't have the tools before because I wasn't good at boundaries and I didn't really like myself. And it's still, I have to work up and actively choose joy each morning. I will say I don't start I, at a high level, I, I have to choose it and I have to get grounded and centered and I have to take really good care of myself. I have to take more naps than most people. I have to rest Same. a lot. Yeah. We are, we're mirrors of each other. We're I know. So it's, much. but I'm able to be a really good mom most days. Um, but I don't have all the answers. And that's do you why wait, I, Do you wake up and you think about, okay, so if I get up now, when can I take, a, when can I, <laughs> should I lay down after I get the kid on the bus into school? Um, You're so or, funny. Should, like, am I, I feel, the only one well, who does that? Who thinks so? When can I lay down? <laughs> I used to. I feel really good lately in the morning. I think I go through seasons, but I, yeah, I for sure, get, me too. I get cases of iced coffee from Costco, and I don't have one in front of me, and I love them. They're like they're so delicious. And so when I wake up, I live for going to grab one out of the mini fridge. Mm. I don't know why. So that I think that's my like my my thing in the morning. It's me going, and I really it's a starting this, ritual for you. Yeah, this is so Libra of me, but I love hair and makeup. So getting yeah. to get ready in the morning is my favorite part of the day. So like, and I love just being silly with my son in the morning and getting them. Um, like I drive him to school. So like it's yeah. But yeah, but I do love a good, I have to rest a lot and I still have the guilt of having to go, go, go and do. And my, you know, my parents or my ex-husband will call me lazy for like napping. And I have to remind myself that that they just didn't know what I I needed. I get made fun of for napping or sleeping in. Well, I, I sleep in more than nap. Yeah. I should say. I love to sleep in. I could sleep in noon every day. Easy. I like the morning, but I don't enjoy the evening. So I could go to bed at 8 PM every day. Like I'm the opposite where I'm like, I could, I could sleep at any moment, except usually at night when I want, like when I should. Yeah. It's, I mean, but it's, it's knowing yourself. Then it's troublesome, but I see, see, this gets complicated for me because bed and sleep is a coping strategy for me. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I would retreat to my bedroom to be alone and get away from the icky stuff. And so I could have my privacy. I could listen to my music. I could, when I woke up, I could go back to sleep and sleep for half the day and not have to face the icky stuff that, you know, I was dealing with at that age. So I have to be very careful because I'll go through seasons too, especially in the winter. Winter's really hard. Yeah. Where I'm like, I just want to stay in bed. Can I yeah. just stay in bed? That's it's, what I would I like have, to do. I and I think have... about this all the time. I think about all the time I quote waste laying in bed. And I think, I think about this every single day, I think, because I'm like, okay, so I did a lot of resting today. When I'm on my deathbed, am I going to regret <laughs> laying around so much? And like feel terrible and that I could have done so much more because when I'm in the moment, I'm like, 
fucking love this. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like one could argue that's just the way your body recharges. It is oh, been, for sure. Have you I don't know, I've been studying human design. Have you heard about this? So yes. like my human design type will say would say it's been been helpful, would say it confirms that I need time to recharge. So like now I that helped me let go of the guilt about it. <laughs> Because I need to. Yeah. Well, I, and I had to work through a lot of guilt through the rest stuff too, because I would get made fun of for sleeping so much. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would get, I was called lazy. Same. I had to break up. I've talked about this before. I had to break up the word, break up with the word productive for like yeah. two years. Because when, you know, when you're, sleeping or laying around, you aren't productive and you're being lazy. And so that's one of the things I consciously work on with people. And through my messaging is rest is the work. Yes. And the way I read it the other day that I keep trying to reframe it in my brain is uh, one would argue that the work that you have to share with the world, Jen, is so powerful and important that it's valuable enough that you require Mm -hmm. that rest so that you can show up in those moments to share it, even if it's not all day, every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had to do a lot of work around that to, to be like, you know, there might, I, I could take, so what I love about my business is that I create my own schedule. Yeah. Same. So I like try to pack the front end of my week and then I leave Thursdays and Fridays. I try to leave it wide open because then I can like, if someone needs to, if I have a client who needs to reschedule a call and I can do that, or I, I reserve that time for a lot of like breakthrough sessions with other people, but mainly I reserve that for me time Yes, or like, or podcast interviews like this, but I reserve that time for me time. So I like, I'll go do like, I'll go get my nails done. I'm going to get my lashes done later today. Like Mm. I fucking love doing that stuff for me. And it's recharging for me. And I didn't realize, cause I had felt so guilty about wanting to rest so much. But now what I've learned about myself is like, that's what I need. Like that yeah. is how I'm built and that's how I need to recover. And especially with the emotional work that I do with people, yeah, I have to do it that way. Otherwise I'm not, I'm not going to be good at what I do. Yeah, and I have to be like fully present and emotionally available for my clients. You do. And also, if you love something and it's not terribly unhealthy, like do I love getting a lash fill. I love getting my nails filled. And I had an ex-boyfriend. I broke up with a boyfriend last summer that um, literally as we were breaking out, got out the calculator and calculated how much I spent on like lash fills specifically each year. And I was like, I got to go. I'm not going to do this. It's my favorite thing. Like I love laying and talking to savvy that does them and nonsense for like, so why deprive yourself of those things? If it's not like, I'm not shooting heroin. If it brings you joy, it's worth every fucking penny. And that's why if you're listening to this and you haven't explored any type of healing modality, you need to do that because it's worth every penny. It'll change your life. You learn about yourself. You learn what works for you. You learn what works against you. And when you figure all of that out, it changes, it just changes everything. 
in your life. I, I agree. And that's why I changed right after I finished the medicine wheel, I changed my TikTok at to hot girl healing 1111. Cause it was like, that's what it is. It's bringing this stuff to some people, some women that are kind of rooted. They know they want to do this. They're rooted in some of the, the like ego driven aspects of it, but like they usually find me on there when they're ready to do it. But it's, even the even when you were talking before about like just finding the right thing, even the shaman in Peru, do you know that their practice is if you want to work with one of the shaman in Peru, they have to meet with you first to make sure that your energies are a match. And I think that's a good way to explain that's it. That's exact, just what you said. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I do. That's why I have like I book like if someone's interested in working with me, I'm like, okay, we will we talk first. Like yeah. I call it yep. like a like a discovery call or a, you know, a a consult, a free consult. Yeah. But you know, really what I'm doing is I'm, I'm kind of investigating like, okay, does this feel right? And am I the appropriate avenue for this person to take? Because, because there are some things that are out of my scope of practice. Yes. Like, you know, and I will, I absolutely will not take on something that is outside of my scope of practice and will refer people I'm not that that happens very often, yeah. but you know, you have to know your boundaries and know that you can be more of a help to someone than not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I know shamanism for me was just such a gift because it's the, it's using your connection with spiritual, um, with spirit to heal mm-hmm. versus when you use it to damage that sorcery, like that's mm-hmm. a whole, so like there are, and for me, tarot is just the means to find my clients because the people that end up booking with me probably wouldn't know enough to go even do a free consultation because they think they're fine but they might they do want tarot readings on why their ex-boyfriend hasn't talked to them in 10 days you know (laughs) i like how you're so niched down into exactly what you do and who you talk to i hate it i love it and i hate it i wish i could be doing something else there's so much dope shit i learned how to do i'm like you guys i can talk to dead people i can literally but you just want to know why your ex-boyfriend if he's sleeping with someone else and that's why i didn't text you okay so yeah (laughs) but it's great it is great having a purpose and kind of knowing what you're supposed to do and when you're using your gifts yeah it becomes easier so yeah Absolutely. And now it's funny because some days I'll be spending time at that the man formerly known as my twin flame at his house when he's home from work during the week. And like I'll hop into his room and take client calls and read tarot in there, you know, and he's like, yeah, the first time I did it, he was like, well, what do people ask you? And I was like, you know, that this started because you right. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, so it's asking when people are going to text me, he was like, get out of here, you weirdo. So it comes full circle of like, he low key is fascinated with it. He's just wanted. I know. I know. Mm -hmm. That's his Mm -hmm. journey. (laughs) So yeah. Okay. Wait, talk a little bit more about human design, because I think this is an underutilized. (sighs) just learning about it but I want to get good at it so okay so what are you first of all I want to know what you are I guess so shamanism teaches you to shed all labels but I always say like um I walk the shamanic path but I guess a shamanic practitioner I'm I do shamanic healing and I do tarot and I do mediumship and so that's shamanic healing helps to 
release the dense energy in your chakras that is put there through trauma that happens in this life or past lives. And sometimes we have negative belief systems that we can't let go of. Um, like you had said one earlier about having to be productive. That's a belief yep. system. So yep. shamanic healing can help you sever those belief systems by rewriting negative soul contracts you have about yourself. Or sometimes we have actually energetic attachment in the way of webs to unhealthy belief systems. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have unhealthy energetic attachments to other people. People, yeah. And that results in a negative push pull and balance. So, really, what it, shamanic healing helps you clear all the dense energy out of your chakras and fill them with heavenly or divine lights, right? So, mm -hmm. and heal any holes in your chakra system that is that you're leaking energy through, and then cut any get rid of any old stories or energy that might be holding you back, right? And so, um, the other thing that you can it does is it okay. Can, so, time yeah. out. So what's your schedule later today? Can I come over and you can? <laughs> I do them on Zoom. They're so much better on Zoom. But I do my holes. Person. Yeah, I'll fill your holes, Jen. Whatever you want. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, no, there, I'll holes. have to do one on you because you'd really love it. It's but it's so it's this beautiful work. And then sometimes too, a piece of our soul, something really traumatic happens, and a piece yep. of our soul goes away for safekeeping. Yep. And shaman know how to call that back. So I do those yeah. two. But human design, I'm just learning about because it ties in for me because it's it's more about, so we know we have the chakras. It's like a mixture of astrology and chakras and chi. And it's how each body is built with a different pattern in which that energy moves through it. And yeah, how to so understand as you're talking it. about this, yeah, I, I brought up, I have my human design chart in front of me. Do you, what is, what's your number? Yeah. Do you know? Let's see. So here it says my type is generator. You're a generator. That makes sense. Okay. But I'm glad you said that. You're um, a word, but I like, also like yeah. what you said before about how shamanism teaches to shed all labels, because I have the hardest time describing to people what I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, really difficult for me to do that because I'm like, well, I do this, but and that probably comes back to my indecisiveness, which is, you know, my whole. But then, then I, you can work on filling that hole. <laughs> I always make a joke. I always, whenever people ask me, I go, well, I'm an internet psychic and I laugh and they're like, what? <laughs> I am, but it's, I don't know. It's that's a, yeah, that's the easiest. Well, so I was shopping the other day. Okay. So I was shopping at Lululemon because I'm yeah. that basic Lululemon bitch. Do it. Own it. I love it. I love it. Okay. It was my birthday. So I was checking out and I have, I get a discount at Lulu. And when you get a discount there, it's through like your profession, right? You yeah. have to be in like health and wellness. So the lady asked, oh, so what do you do? I said, oh, um, well, I'm an emotional self-mastery mentor and, and mindset coach. And she's like, a what? what, what? She's like, I had no idea what you just said. And I'm like, yeah, damn it. Like, that's why, like, that's what I am. But at the same time, it's like, well, people don't fucking know what that is. I know. I just say things I'm like, I don't, so, I, yeah, know. I, I get it. Something because, more simple out. But well, then she was like, so is that, and she's like, and I don't like, is it kind of like a life coach type of thing? I'm like, yes, it's yeah, it's like a yeah. life coach. Exactly. She's I, like, oh, that's awesome. Everybody needs that. And a therapist. I and, and I was like, yep, you're right. But I hate those. And I get why you have to use the, the term mentor or life coach because people yeah. understand it. And the same yeah. thing, people go, oh, you're a shaman. And I go, because eh. you're not supposed to, I don't know. In my teacher, like, I'm not supposed to say I'm a shaman. So, yeah. but I, 
I don't like any of the labels because I think it's like, I don't want to be anyone's mentor or coach or shaman. Like, I just want to help you to find your own shit. So like, I usually will try to say it like I help people connect with their own healing. Yeah. I try to be a guide. See, like, that's kind of why I leaned towards the word mentor and away from coach because I was a coach and like I was an athletic coach. So coach to me feels like coaching a sport. And I did that and that's not who I am anymore. And so, but I also understand like people kind of get that also, but I like the word mentor because coach, I feel like when you have a coach, like you're looking for someone to tell you what to do. Yeah. Versus When you have a mentor, it's more of a leadership. Like I'm leading you and I'm guiding you. And you're, you're just sharing your experiences and what's yeah. worked for people, you know, like that. And that's why yeah. I'm always quick to say, like, don't, I don't claim to be an expert. I just share yeah. my story and I hope it helps yep. you because Same. I, and the other thing is too, like the other thing is we all have to release our teachers because people fuck up and I will tomorrow. Mm. And I don't want you to throw out everything you've learned from me. So like yep. it all kind of ties together, but yeah, I don't really, I think on my LinkedIn now it says like energy practitioner and guide, which, and so I get all these like job offers from like energy companies <laughs> like, uh, and I'm like, no, that's not, that's yeah. not what that means. But anyway, I know yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I think if you're really doing where you're supposed to be and where you're really, where you're supposed to be, it, it really doesn't fucking matter what you no. call it. No, people, the right what? people will find you. Okay. So let's see. You're asking me about my chart. What there's like a number, like know? there's two numbers, like a five, one or a two, four. Uh, my profile says one, three. I don't know much about that one. I'm just learning, but I know generators are like mm-hmm. kind of the worker bees. I think like, I think, but you have a, only have a finite amount but of see, energy. Okay. So this is where I get a little bit confused because so what information I don't remember. I did this what is the date on this? Like 2018. So I get, I get kind of like picky about things like this, where you like take a quiz or fill in information to figure out something about yourself because like I'm more aligned now with who I really am than 10 years ago. I would have been like, I I labeled myself totally different. Like I thought I was a, a type a person my whole life. No, I was brought up to be a type A person because yeah. of my environment and that and how I coped was being type A, by yeah. being an overachiever, by yeah. always doing for others, by being a perfectionist, by fixing and you know what I'm saying and achieving. That was so I identified with all of that and I thought that's who I was. And so then when I got stuck when I was teaching and I was like, this isn't fucking right. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And I really felt stuck because like teaching, and you can probably relate to this with finance. It's a very like niche thing. Like what yeah. else do you do with a teaching degree? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. My next career path was <laughs> become a principal. To, yeah, I didn't I want to do that. To, I was supposed to be a CFO and I didn't want to do that. I was like, no, ugh. I know. Right. I think this is where I think from, from what I've learned in shamanism, my belief is I believe our souls choose the date, time, place to be born. And because that gives us our astrology and mm-hmm. our human design. And I think astrology is a, a core set of character traits and it's a starting point because no, it's yeah. just 
where you start because it's what your soul wanted for this mission. And yeah. because no Buddhist monk is on a, you know, mountaintop like, oh, well, I'm an Aries moon, so I'm crazy. So I can't be quiet for 10 days. You know, like you can transcend it all. You can let go of all of it. Yes. But human design. I was just like, going to say, that's the problem yeah. I have with, you know, like I'm a Pisces, right? Yeah. And, but like my abusive ex was a Pisces and like is completely opposite of me. So I'm yes. like. How but, are we remotely the same? Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, well, and it's full chart astrology too. It's not just a sun sign, but it's yes. every placement has a refined and unrefined disposition. So depending on your trauma, you go one way or another. Either you're a slob or you're OCD clean, right? Like it, mm. it can be both. So well, right, and so sense. I've gone from like one end of the spectrum to the other. So like yeah. you know what years ago I coped by, you know, like I said, being type A and organized and like everything in its place and like all that shit. And like part of my healing was to go completely in the other way. Yeah. And that's, but I think it's, the point is it's still a theme or a hook in your yeah. life. That's what shamanism would teach versus other people don't have that as a theme, even in their life, you know, yeah. like, and, and I think human design is different because it understands it helps you transform your life by understanding your energy within um, yourself. And I think to, even the whole, like your whole theme of your business, shedding the shame, you can let go of the shame about some, some of the things that just are who you are. Like for me, I'm a projector. So that means, and this is how I started my business. I have to wait for an invitation. So mm -hmm. I can't just decide I'm going to start a podcast. I might know that I'm probably supposed to start a podcast, but I have to trust that one day spirit will provide an opportunity that someone asked me to start a podcast. And then I, and then I figure it out. You know what I mean? And so yeah. waiting for the invitation, anytime I don't, I'm met with bitterness and um, conflict. And so like when I read that, I was like, oh, thank God. So now I don't, and I know that when there isn't an invitation there, I'm supposed to work on my own value and rest and reset. And so I read this book, I take a bath, I do. And I know that tomorrow Jen's going to randomly hit me up and ask me to be on her podcast. And then I'm like, yes, that's in line with the vision I have for myself. Mm. I'll say yes. Now with some creepy dude who was clearly trying to sleep with me, asked me to be on his podcast yeah. I would say no because I'm good at boundaries do you see what I mean so I think it yep. for me it just it helps all of these different things are just tools to help you to learn yourself but you also have to let go of all of them and not cling to the labels of it and use them as yeah. an excuse to be a victim and of I, yeah I'll give you an example I was just gonna say so when I did my chart and it came through that I was a generator, I was like, I'm not a generator because most people are generators and I'm different. Oh, there you go. That's ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was like insulted that I was a generator. You know Aww. what I mean? But yeah, that's the like, that's the trick of all this of like learning who you are despite the labels and conditioning that's placed upon us yeah our entire lives and then trusting to live and make decisions through your intuition and your inner knowing yeah like, and like and i just said like we've come closer to like that's the part where when you get scared about a choice that you want to make like just make the choice and then you can change your mind later if you want Exactly. Like I won't do this forever. Probably TikTok won't even be a thing forever. Right. I don't, and I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I don't need to know. And I don't need to worry because 
I know everything always works out for me and I'm, yeah. my eyes are always open for what's next. So it's just trusting in your path. Like worst exactly. case scenario, any one of us could go Uber Eats or go get an office job in a pin. You know, like there's so many people that need things like take the chance, yeah. do the thing you need to do. Worst case scenario, you get hit by a bus next week. I know, that's the other And thing. then what? <laughs> and then what? Like you didn't even go for the thing that you wanted. Like that's the real, like, oh man, I was having a moment last night in the shower. I was like you know, going through the whole, like, none of this means anything. Like, like we're all going to die. None of this means anything. Real quick. I got to tell you. But then I turned it around real quick because I was like, well, no, it means something because like we're here. And, and the fact that we're not going to be here at some point, then that's just further affirmation that I better fucking do what sets me on fire. Yes, shamanism Why would say I? shamanism would say that the meaning of life is for each one of us to come here and experience the highest calling of our soul yep. and evolve as a soul. Okay, yep. and the point of each one of us doing that is human evolution of the species yes. as a whole. And so that's what shamanism would argue. I would argue. So when you know that, you walk with time differently. You look at the temporal nature of life differently, and you know that life is long and time is negotiable, and we have plenty of time to do the things we need to do and even if it ends tomorrow, we'll just reincarnate again if we choose to. And we go on and we can be with the same people we love if we want to. And we have a lot of power and choice. Okay. So my son is nine and he's, he, you know, for the last three years, he, I think he has been a shaman. He seems to know more intuitively than I have yeah. through training, but so he knows this. And um, when they did their, their, they're testing whatever at school Mm -hmm. he scored high for depression on his markers and so i had to go in and meet with the teacher of course because they were concerned and the principal and they said well he says things like nothing really matters and (laughs) none of this matters anyway we all could die tomorrow and it was exactly what you were just saying and i and I had talked to him about it before and I had to explain, I go, let me explain what I do for work. So he literally knows how to talk to his own dead grandfather. He can, what he walks with yeah. death differently. It's not a sad thing. He knows we find each other again. It's comforting. He knows that none of this really matters. He knows that if yeah. he doesn't have fractions memorized, it doesn't fucking matter. And he's not wrong. Yeah. And I know it's important to you, but like, and they were like, Oh, okay. So they've changed the way that they walk with him at school and they've got, but it's just funny because it's like, yeah, it's, those things are true, but in modern society, that doesn't always, (laughs) it sounds scary to people, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you though, when you start exploring all of this stuff and you start looking at these different perspectives and ways of thinking and ways of being, it's super enlightening but it also really takes the pressure off yes because you can look at all of these rules that have been created for us and just decide one day that you don't have to follow them because they don't matter and they're only making us suffer yes so why would you subscribe to that suffering you can fucking hit the unsubscribe button any time Exactly. The number one question I got when I said I was quitting my job is, what about health insurance? And what are you going to do for a 401k? And I said, well, first of all, I can be on Granger's health insurance for 18 months for the same price I was paying out of pocket, which I am. I still have health insurance and dental. Um, And then you can go to the marketplace and get your own. So you're you're making money and paying for it. You're paying for it for through your employer just the same. 
And then a 401k, I, so I, I've had a financial guy that my dad made me find when I was 20. You just move your 401k into an investment with them, and then you can go directly and work with someone through an IRA or whatever else you want. You can still invest. You need the government to do that, or you don't right. need a company. And they're yeah. like, oh. Like it's, we've been conditioned to believe that we're stuck in things for reasons that yes. aren't even real. They're not yes. even real. Yeah. Like yes, that's I, like I just said that my kid was crying and saying that he, he hated his life because he had to go to daycare every day. But you are asking about a four hundred one k. Like I could be dead by yeah. retirement. My kid will hate me and live across the country. Like I gotta right. do what I gotta do, right? So exactly, it's interesting. But we all make our own choices. So yeah. I can tell and you, you know now, that life is for some people, and that's okay. Yes. They're on a different journey. Like yes. we're not here to tell you that if you work in corporate or you or a fucking nurse or teacher or whatever you do, or if you're in finance, like that you're wrong for being, no, absolutely not. I, cause you know, the part of my that. biggest, yeah, the world needs you. And so part of my biggest message, you know, I talk a lot about how moms just fully dedicate their lives to everything outside of themselves. And then they lose their identities. And a lot of people don't like that message because a lot of people lived their life that way yeah, or live their life that way. And my answer to that is perfect. If you feel, you know, like yeah. that is your purpose and like, that's what fills you up and fulfills you and makes you happy, then do that. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Then you're not the person I'm talking to. Right. I'm talking to the person who, you know, is doing something that they don't love or who can't sit home. I shouldn't, I don't mean sit home, but can't like, you know, stay at home. Right. I, th there needs to be a better phrase for this. I don't like the, the, the phrase like stay at home mom, yeah. because it has all those connotations that you aren't doing anything. I even just Ugh, unconsciously said it. Yeah. Sitting at home, I, so I know. yeah. Anyway, if you are a work work from whatever. If you're a fucking mom, it doesn't matter if you work or not. And if you're feeling completely fulfilled and happy with your life and how it's going, then keep doing it. Yeah. But if you're not, then start searching for the change that's going to fulfill you and make your life the best that you can make it and what, and look for the things that are for you. But if you're, if you feel like, cause I'll, and it might be a season too. Cause like I said before, you know, 10 or so years ago, 12 years ago, even 15 years ago, even like I had no idea I was even miserable. I didn't yeah. even know I was stuck. Yeah. It was just the start of the cycle. It was, or I was in the middle of, it's like when you're in the middle of the storm and you don't even know the forces that are causing it around you. You can't see the bird's eye view of what's actually happening because yes. you're in it. And so, you know, that was me. I, I listening to something like this 10 years ago, I would have been like, that's, <laughs> fucking really bullshit. Me too. Like, me too. People need to get a real job I know. and they need to think about this rule and that rule and that rule and fucking check it off the list. Cause this is the weirdest bullshit I've ever heard. Totally. would have said that. That was totally I, I, me. But, and like, life's not perfect, 
but I love my life now. I love having the mm. flexibility to just be who I am and do what I need. And, and, and for me, it was kind of the opposite where being a mom needed to become more of a focus while my son was little and for yeah. both me and him. And so I'm able to do that now. So yeah. I'm, I'm forever grateful that I made those the hard calls, but I also yeah. see another life where I never did. And I probably would have been okay too. So like we all have choices. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. But this was what was best for me. So yeah, thank you for letting people, me talk about it. <laughs> yes. I love having loved having you on. I feel like we we could do this every I know just every, every so just, often. Because no, look at we've been talking for like an hour and a half. That I know. Too, I'm gonna I have to easy. go read a book in my son's fourth grade class right now. Oh That's my gosh. Well, I better let you go. Yeah. And isn't that amazing? You get to do I that. I get to. I get to. Get to. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Well, thanks for coming on. Loved thanks having so you. Much. We'll have you back for sure. Maybe you'll do some work on me and then we'll talk about it. Yes. I want to because it's, okay. it's so fun. We'll have to message me because I'll yeah. forget. Okay. I will. I will. I will. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you. So oh, my website is Tarot dot com so r-a-d-v-i-b-e-s-t-a-r-o-t dot com and my son's name is rad that's why he's radley but oh you never put that together i feel stupid now no don't he (laughs) thinks he says it's cringe but it works for me and then yeah and then on all the links are there but it's also hot girl healing 1111 on tiktok and still on youtube so okay yeah I'm I'm jotting this down. So I will include all of that in the show notes. So you can, uh, if you want to go, Thanks, check out, you can click it and it'll be right there. I'm just making a note for myself. What mm-hmm. do I miss? Oh, TikTok. That's your biggest thing. Yeah. But there's links to all of that on my yeah. website too. I did a podcast one season too, where I talk about shamanism with people. And the first one I talked with my mom too. So that was super, but like, I don't know. Anyway, that season might have ended. <laughs> it's like to your point. It might come back around. Who it knows? Might. We don't know. Who knows? That's the cool thing. But and that's why no I rules. have all the. That's why I have all the stuff for yeah. it. So I was like, oh well. Yeah. Okay. I remember when you started your podcast. For sure. Yeah. Cool. So, well, thanks. All right. Jen. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be in touch, and would love to have you back to talk to talk more woo woo. Maybe you meet. You know what we could do? We could do like you could do a tarot reading. I can read tarot for you. Yeah, I That'd can. Cool. Yeah. I always joke I don't get paid that. until I make people cry. So hopefully, I do that too. Hey, I'm the same. I, yeah, I yeah. totally, Good. I totally resonate with that. Oh, amazing. <laughs> All, All right. right well, thanks, thanks for coming on, and can't wait to have you back. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Shed the Shame. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love if you subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please share it with anyone that you think it would resonate with. If you feel so inspired to, please leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode on Facebook or Instagram. I greatly, greatly appreciate your love and support.